Good morning. You guys were a great choir today, singing that out, singing. I enjoyed worshiping with you. We've been in Acts 2, or an Acts 2 kind of church. We're going to continue on in that series today. You know, my daughter comes to me uh, in the middle of the night uh, sometimes, several times a year. And this may have happened to you. I remember when I was a little kid. I mean, remember going to your parents' room when you had growing pains? Your, your shins are hurting. Anybody have that? Your shins are just hurting. My daughter comes in and her shins are just, they're aching, you know. And, and I'm trying to explain to an eight-year-old why her, her legs are hurting, and I'm like, well, honey, you're growing. She goes, I know that, but why are they hurting? And I say, like, because your bones are stretching right now, right? In your middle of your sleep. And they're probably doing it all day, but in the middle of the night when you got nothing else to think about, that's what you think about. You think about whatever, you know, is going on. But she is, uh, often she comes in and, and she is uh, several times, you know, as she's growing, she's, she'll be nine next month. And uh, she's growing up all the time in front of me. But her growing pains, you know, and the church goes through growing pains as well. Uh, in fact, if you look at, um, the, Jamie and Kim would, would tell us and, uh, that effectively that a pastor over a church could probably effectively uh, work with about 100 people and help about 100. Because there's a lot of needs in our lives. Would you agree? There's a, is there a lot of needs in this room? If we just poured out all the needs today, we wrote them down on the board, it would probably just fill the board many, many times over. And so as the needs of the church arise and the pressure comes and all of those circumstances arise, when you have a, a pastor that has to go meet all of those needs, the church can really struggle to meet all of those needs because it's just one or two people. And I know that when I look at, uh, at our church, they, they talk about in seminary, this is the art of becoming bigger and smaller at the same time. We want to grow. And it's not for the, for the reasons you might think. Uh, briefly, it's like, well, why, Charles, why does the church, is it important to have big numbers? I mean, you can have, you know, no, it's not important. I mean, there's plenty of churches that are uh, pastors who are called 200, maybe 100 maybe 50 or 80, and those are very, that's in fact, that's probably the size of most of the churches in the States and around the world is probably 50 to 100, and that's okay, but every now and then, God gives you a little bit more, and he, and he wants you to be faithful with it, and something good is going on, and we want to be able to grow, but the church can have growing pains, and we're going to be in uh, Acts 6 today, and we're going to look at the early church and how they were dealing with some of their growing pains. Because we know when we get a lot of people together, we all can have different views. In fact, I guarantee you, if we just put a table and said, where's the best place that we could put this table in this room to, put, to get information out, we would probably have people say, well, I think it should be by that door. No, I think it should be by this door. I think you should put it up front. I, we'd have multiple opinions just over a table, much less caring for people's lives and what's going on in them. You know, so we're going to see how the church looks and deals with this. But I'd like to have you help me a little bit. I remember doing this uh, when I was a kid. If I say something good here, I want you guys to say, oh, that's good. All right, so give me that. Oh, that's good. And if I say something bad, you say, and then you can do it with a little bit of gust, right? Oh, that's bad. You don't say, oh, that's bad like it's good. You know, oh, that's good. That's bad. You know, so we're going to try this out in verse one. I'm going to give you a little bit of practice. So if you hear something good, you say, oh, that's 
Oh, wonderful, wonderful. You're listening well. Verse one, now in the days when the disciples were increasing in number. That's good. You guys did pretty well. I'm going to give you, for those that were a little late, I'm going to give you one more chance so that you can be all in. Now in the days when the disciples were increasing in number. That's good. That's good. A complaint by the Hellenistic arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Wow, my confidence went way down here. Some of you thought that was good, right? Some of you thought that that was bad. This is the part of the church that's, that we have potential for murmuring. Some of you can see just a simple thing that we might decide to do, and some of you go, oh, that's really good. And other you might be like, well, that's really bad. I don't know why you would do it that way. But here, they're having an issue in the church because as the church is growing exponentially, and I mean exponentially, that just a few chapters earlier, 5,000 people came to know Jesus. What would happen in our building if we went from 500 to 5,000? Oh, we're, we're divided again. If you're telling me if 5,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus, that's a bad thing? Let me give you a, what would happen if 5,000 people gave their hearts in the vineyard? I don't think some of you are still convinced, so... It wouldn't be good for me, and it wouldn't be good for Jason, it wouldn't be good for Jamie and Kim if we had to handle all of that on our own. And the church is about to experience a decision that they're going to make because there's, this, there's the Hellenistic Jews, and then you have the, um, um, the Hebrews, uh, and they both are kind of these, they're, they're Jews, but they're coming from different parts and so they're seeing things a little bit differently. And I know in our, even in our room here, we come from different places and, and we see things differently and they're gonna have to learn how to work together. You could look at this and say, all right, why can't the pastors do more? Why can't they, you could come across as if he's being lazy. Look, I just wanna preach the word. Why are you asking me to stop what I'm doing and wait on tables. That could come across that way. Sometimes I feel that way after dinner church. And I see our team and they're, they're breaking down the chairs. And they'll even break them down at the end. And I walk out and I say, I'll see you all later. And there's a part of me that's going, oh, maybe I should help. Maybe I should stop what I'm doing and help. But if, I, if you knew that I'll, pick, I'll talk on, on Jason, about Jason, but Jason probably by himself, I guarantee you, has set up this building by himself probably five, 600 times. Same for me. So it's not about doing the work because we're not lazy. And I don't think this is the heart in which they're talking about it here. They're not, he's not saying, I don't think it's right that we should quit preaching so that we have to do work. He's saying this because he wants you to understand, and which makes it a really good thing, is that preaching the good news is a good thing, and you don't want that to stop. We want to be able to always be preaching the good news. 
But if you put that, let's just take the kitchen for example. Uh, if, if it was upon Pastor Kim and Pastor Jamie and Jason and I to come here, turn on the lights, uh, you probably wouldn't have got a very good breakfast. In fact, you probably would have, uh, you, you probably would have got donuts only if I would have remembered to pick them up, which would be very plausible because I would have had to have been up here to do worship at the same time and have to do other things. And so there's a lot that could go on. But the fact is that in our kitchen today, probably what time did you guys get here today? 7 a.m. And they came in, and the volunteers showed up, and they started cooking, and they started preparing things. And, but you, you don't want a church that's just centered around just a couple of people. You want to be a part of a church, and that's what makes the vineyard so unique, is that we really want to give away things, not because we're afraid of work, but we want to get you a chance to play. We want to give you a chance to participate in the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, holding a door open and saying good morning is as much as coming up here and leading worship. We've had it both, we've had it on the other side. We actually had somebody that didn't really like people greeting. They actually told somebody, um, they didn't like what they were wearing. They said, "Uh, you know, this isn't going to be a good church for you. (laughs) And sent them away. I don't know. I mean, if you don't like people, I tell you, I promise, I will give you something to do uh, on a Tuesday behind clothes. You can wipe down uh, nursery things, and you can be all by yourself if you don't like people. But we want people to enjoy what they do. But here we are, and the church is struggling because they know that they're, they, they don't want to lose their momentum. They don't want to lose seeing what God is doing for the sake of just trying to accomplish some tasks and feeding people. And although those tasks are really important, if it's not given away, the church will stop what? Growing, which means that people aren't coming to Christ. People aren't giving their lives to Jesus. And so this is a, you could look at it just easily the other way. I realize why I did that is because I want you to see just in this room, we have a different opinion on what that situation would play out. And so what they do in verse 3, it says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And listen, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. The middle's on it. (laughs) What they said pleased the whole gathering. That's good. That's good. You know, we, this uh, uh, 4th of July, we did something unique. I'm wearing one of our Sweeter Than Honey food truck shirts. There's even a few people in the room that have them on. But we, uh, we for the first time, went down to Red, White, and Boom. I didn't know Boom meant thunder and lightning, first of all. <laughs> we have a whole new meaning for Red, White, and Boom. And uh, it was a unbelievable day. Uh, we'll put some pictures up there if we can, just so you, as I'm talking about it. But our day started early. It started days before. It wasn't just about putting the truck out there. Uh, Richie and the kitchen team came in and they prepped. We had planned on doing uh, 2,000 tacos. I, there's 35,000 people that were showing up. So I'm thinking 35,000. I'm feeling obligated to feed 35,000 people. And I was talking to Richie about it, and I was like, well, he says, well, first of all, you're not going to feed 35,000 people. You'd have to give out tacos like six every second. You'd be throwing them out into the crowd. You know, you wouldn't even, you know, and and who's had a walking taco? Anybody ever had a walking? 
Okay, and they're amazing. And if you don't know what a walking taco is, is you take a bag of Doritos and you crunch it up. And then you put some ground beef on it. You put some salsa in there. You put some uh, sour cream. You know, we put some jalapenos if you want some. And I tell you what, you, it just at the bottom, it something glorious happens. Because <laughs> any of those things by themselves, but man, you put everything in that bag and just watching people just walk away, just going, oh, that is so good. But also to walk away with getting something for what? Free. You couldn't have get anything. I saw other people giving away waters, right? There were some people giving away popcorn and stuff like that. But man, just think of a family of five that would have walked up to a food truck and got some walking tacos and it would have cost them 45, 50 bucks. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's, bad. <laughs> that's bad. Now you say that like you've done that before, so... Yes, I, I have, but, you know, but people don't understand what it means to get something for free. I mean, they're looking at us, they're going, really, what's the catch? No, we're just doing something free. Well, can I give you a donation? No. And, I was like, and they're like, well, I'm going to give you a donation. I'm like, are you going to throw the money at me? I mean, I don't understand how this works. And you're going like, to throw dollar bills? I said, and then I tell them our story. And it goes something as simple like this. You know, in 2004 when Hurricane, or two, two, 2004 when Hurricane Charlie hit, we uh, were the only building with power in our whole, this whole block. Why God gave us power, I don't know. But we knew uh, that we had a commercial kitchen that we didn't use. And so we opened the doors and we started feeding people. And we've never stopped. COVID uh, came around. We... Uh, 2002, I mean, we've had other things that have been going on, but we have dinner church. We've had multiple things, feeding 100, 150, 200 people every Thursday night, probably 15, 16,000 meals a year. We've had, uh, during 20, uh, COVID, we served over 78,000 meals in our parking lot in 21. We had a lady, I, I, I love telling this story at, it, with them, is because it's like we had a mom and dad come in with their daughter who was pregnant. And nine months later, came through the same line with the baby. And you should have seen us outside. We're praying over people. We're, well, first, we, we were praying at a distance, you know. And, uh, and so, we, we, how can we pray for you? And just the needs. People, it was like, it was a time where it was just so easy to pray for people. Just, you want prayer? Yes, yes. And then, so, Ian, Ian came. Um, you know, just some of the big ones. We bought the food truck, and we went out and did some relief. And, and, but, and I would end the story by just saying, you know, this is not the end. We just wanted to come bless you guys and wanted to be a part of your day and just be kind to you. And they're like, oh, okay, I get that. But telling our story and why we do what we do is a big part of getting the heart and the understanding of why that we are a servant-hearted church. Because if you take away the name of Jesus, if you take away our mission and that, we're not hanging out together. There's no reason that we would get together in the middle of July and sweat, you know, I lost nine pounds. And somebody in the last service said, oh, that's good. I'm like, no, that's a near-death experience. And I was hydrated. I kept drinking water. I was just losing it faster than I could drink it. It was hot. I showed up at 11 a.m. Uh, to deliver the truck out there. After getting the whole, after our team, we had some people helping out here, and we we're getting it prepped, and we brought it out. Now, let me tell you, you I turned on the generator, I turned on the air conditioner, and if you stood about two inches from the air conditioner, you could feel a cool breeze. But if you step back to here, 
you just start sweating because the top of that truck is like an oven. And if you touch the metal at the top, it's as hot as an oven. And so I'm thinking to myself, what have we done? In fact, I was hoping that when we went out there, I was, because, you know, it starts at the beginning of Del Prado and working our way up to the bridge. I, in my heart, I wanted us to be like the first truck when you walked in, because people would walk by, we'd bless you, and I was just worried about being too close to the stage and having all 35,000 people coming wanting free tacos. So I, we drive in, and the lady sees me from a distance. She's like, over here, over here, I've been waiting for you guys to get here. And so she says, follow me. And I'm driving, and we go past Fords, we go past, and she brings us up to the, next to the stage almost. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> I'm having an oh, that's bad moment. Because in my head, I'm just thinking, oh, we're done. There's no way we're going to be able to do this. We're going to have people. They told me that people showed up last year, one or two people trying to serve 35,000 people, and they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't, they, it became so ineffective, they couldn't hardly serve. Maybe they served 50 or 60 people all night because they were so overwhelmed. So I was like, oh, Lord, please help us. And we came, we went and got a, a brief um, lunch. And then I went back down and started the ovens. And again, Richie came in the night before and his team, and they prepped everything and made it for us. And so I'm standing in the truck, and it's uh, about 3.30. I know they're coming up here to meet. And I'm just having a, I'm, you know, I'm having a real difficult time because I'm exhausted and tired and we haven't even started. And, and the second you step out of the truck, you just profusely start sweating. I'd already changed three times. And I'm just like, I don't know what, you know, I'm, I'm concerned for our volunteers. <laughs> I'm concerned this is going to be really hot. And so a 4.30 rolls around and they're having a team meeting here. While I'm over here worrying there, uh, Deborah and Mary are giving them instruction on what to do and how to set up and how to uh, serve and all that. And so it comes about 4.45, and I'm close to, like, pulling the plug. I'm like, this, there ain't no way this is going to work. And all of a sudden, 12 of our volunteers came in like the Calvary. I mean, they came in with smiles on their faces. They came in and they, they pulled the tables out. And like in a, an amazing orchestra of events, everything placed itself. And they were sitting there and we're like, wow, I can't believe this is going to happen. By myself, it wasn't going to happen. With the help of people and with the help of people here that they're about to lay hands on seven people that are going to help them handle the functionality of the church. And because they take that one move, the kingdom of God explodes and grows even more. And so here we are out at this event. Everybody comes in and all of a sudden the thunder comes, the rain comes. And we've set up everything, and now we're breaking it all down. In fact, in World War II, you remember that, that, that flag they have over here on, on the, you know, where they're holding the flag? This would be the picture of our church. We had all of our volunteers underneath of a tent holding it down because as the rains came through, literally all the tents that were up were blowing down uh, Cape Coral Parkway. 
And all of our volunteers were, were holding on to the tent. It's pulling up and we're pulling down. And like there's this moment where we're all like band together. Like, man, Charles, what have you done to us? I don't know, but just hold on. And uh, people are getting in the truck because of the lightning and everything. And I'm just like, God, keep us safe. But we had a moment in our, in our uh, trial there that something happened in each of us. It became more than just tacos. It became more than just serving out at the red, white, and boom. There we found community and we found trust with each other. We found a, a, a brotherhood together that got us through that thing. So we break it down, we set it back up, and then the rains came through again and we did the exact same thing. I don't think we've handed out one taco and it's been like two hours. But then finally, God gave us some cool weather and 1,200 and something tacos later, the prayers that we got to pray, the people that shared their life stories with us, people that we got to, to that put on us a little bit of what's going on in their life and us just having an opportunity to bless them. It would have been easy not to show up. It would have been easy for them in this moment, maybe because other people may not do things the way that you do them, but we have to learn how to let go if we want the church to grow. If we want the people to have equity in what they do, they have to have a place to serve. They have to have a place to belong. I really want to give you two main things is that, that I want you to think about when you hear the story that in Acts and when you hear our story. And I'm only using the, the circumstance in the truck as a, as a picture because that happens all over. I want to talk about Savannah real quick. Savannah was a volunteer out front today. Maybe you saw her. Savannah had a little plate. And she was doing this over the donuts. Very fast. If Savannah hadn't come, some of you might be a little grossed out because you probably would have had a donut with a fly on it. But Savannah was just waving. She's just waving her plate. And she's just keeping, she's chasing the flies off. And she's just giving her time. And I said, Savannah, can I share, can I talk about you in today's service? Because Savannah has as much to do with anything that goes on today as any of us. And who would have thought that she showed up, that she would be, I made the message. I made God, you know, God used me as an example today. But when you show up and you give yourself and you give your life and you give your time, God's going to bless. But it's important that you understand these, these two things. And it'll, I promise you, it'll make it way more worth it. One is if you see God's greater plan for others. You pray this prayer, God, will you let me see people how you see them? It will transform your world. Especially at a four-way stop and when people cut you off. Lord, they're idiots. Do you agree with me? I, no, I don't know about that. But I, I probably would have said that. But no, can you ask God, Lord, help me see people the way that you see them? Because when we look inward, it's not going to take us long to disagree. Like I use that example of that table. We move tables all the time in our church. And if you get fixated on the table, you're going to miss the heart of what we do. You're going to miss the opportunity. But it helps when we see God's mission and plan. That whether you're working in our children's ministry, whether you're up here volunteering in the, in the band, whether you're opening the door and greeting people, whether you're you know, in the kitchen, whether you're doing the dishes, there's people that come up. There was a lady I pulled up at 7 o'clock this morning, and she was a volunteer, and she's walking around the building picking up beer bottles. Why? 
so that you don't have to look at them. That little piece, like who would think that that piece would be so significant? Everything points to the bell. Everything we do points to people giving their hearts to Jesus. There's a few things that might look like they steal the limelight, but I promise you that God never looks at anything you do any less important than anything else that goes on in this church. Now, what makes a big difference is your heart in it. You can take something amazing and make it bad by your heart. Well, I'll set up these chairs. Nobody's going to come and help me. I'll do it all by myself. I can't believe it. Where are all those volunteers that promised to show up? can't believe they started to show up. Now I'm having to give up my time. I can't be with my family today. And it'd be easy to be sucked into those kind of things. But it's important if you understand that if you can learn how to see God the way, see others the way that God sees them, it'll transform everything you do in your life. Because two, it'll help you see God's greater plan for your life. He wants to use you. He wants to use you in his kingdom. The fact that little Savannah, let me tell you, is, is taking that plate and keeping those flies off. Savannah, her service is forever written into the kingdom of God. Forever. That's pretty incredible. When you think about what you can do, God will remember forever. It's just a plate. It's just a couple of flies. So important. But whatever you do, whatever you put your hand to, and these people in this story are going to now give their life and time so that we can grow and become smaller at the same time. We're not going to grow if it's just a few of us doing all the work. We're not afraid of work. I'm not afraid of work. I'll, I'll stack the chairs. But learning how to walk by and let other people do it is important. It's important for them to be able to work those things out in their life. I have, uh, there's like uh, several reasons. Most of the biggest reason why people don't give their t uh, volunteers because they don't think they have time. Your life is filled with things. And I watch over and over again when people decide to move and do something, how God changes their whole world around. And I'd rather have a little bit of his favor than all of my own effort. He can do more in your life with you serving him and trusting him with the rest of it than you trying to manage everything on your own and trying to do everything in your own strength. He can bless you where you couldn't bless yourself. He can help you where you couldn't help yourself. But the reason why is because we, we want to see people come to Jesus. We want to baptize more people. We want to ring the bell for a long, long, long time. And that happens when we can grow together. We're not always going to get along. We're going to disappoint you at times. Or things aren't going to go your way. But I can tell you, when we did, uh, did you guys read the article in the Cape Coral Breeze, anybody? Because they did a, a, a whole article on our food truck, and they just really treated us really, really well in the whole thing. And we, they talked a lot about, we talked a lot about our volunteers and that we wouldn't be, I said to him when he was interviewing me, I said, listen, the, the 4th of July is really a, the end of a long story on how we got here. And I said, we feed people. That's our mission. I said, we could, we could, we get requests every day. So many, I don't know, Jamie, how many requests do we get for electric and rent? And I mean, 
minimum of 10 every day. We could, we could give away $10,000 a day just to electric bills and rent. But we could feed a lot of people with $10,000. And we do. By your faithfulness, by your willingness to invest and give back, and we continue to do that. I don't know where the food truck's going to end up ultimately, but if I could do it differently, I, I've just, I'm undecided whether I want to go back and do it next year. And I'll tell you why. Because it almost killed me. <laughs> that, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. It would have to be two teams. There's a whole team. And we did have two teams, but I was in both those teams. I, I, I didn't need to be in both those teams. And we need more people to do more things so that we can do it more effectively. But I'd have to have two different teams, a team to get it ready. Well, three teams. Well, we got a kitchen team. They're prepping the food, getting it all ready. A team that's going to get the truck ready and deliver it. Another team that's going to actually execute it. And then I would pray that somebody out of all of that be willing to come pick up the truck because I didn't pull off Cape Core Parkway till 1230 at night. But there's a reason why we give people stuff to do. And that's to reach more people for Jesus. There's no other reason why we would be on Cape Core Parkway. Again, you take Jesus out of the mix, none of us would even be there. Nobody wants to go and sweat and work like that. <laughs> I want you to do, I'm going to invite our team to come back up, our worship team. But while they're doing that, I want you to open up your program. And inside that program, you have a card. And I want you to take a second. And if you're already serving in an area, I want you to write your name on the card. And I want you to check off the areas that you already serve, and you'll need that in a few minutes. But if you're not serving in an area, we literally put everything we could think of on that card in areas that you could help. And it's not so that we can get out of doing the work, because we want to give it away. We want God to continue to put his hand on what we do, and so that we can effectively go preach his word and bring people to a place where they can join in in the community of these things. So take a minute, look it over, find something that might stick out to you. Maybe you're, if you need a card or a pen, uh, raise your hand. We'll certainly get you a pen so you can write it, and uh, we'll, we'll bring one to you. And, um, but take a second and just think it over. Don't worry about picking the right thing at, at first. If you're already doing nine things, just circle, the, you know, put those nine things down, put your name on it. But if you aren't doing anything, do the same thing and just pick an area Dip your toe in to being servant-hearted and ask God to do something in others' lives. They'll get to you. Keep your hand up. The reason why I wanted you to fill it out if you're already serving, it's because I want to tell you thank you. And we're going to sing a song in a minute, and I want you to be able to hold that card up to the Lord and give him something back. Maybe you have to reconnect in your heart, in your attitude, in your mission again. Maybe you haven't served in years, but you used to. Maybe it's re-upping and allowing God to allow you uh, to try again. 
but I want you to be able to hold that up. And if it's a new area for you, it's the same thing. God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how, I got a lot going on in my life, but you're going to do it in a way that just says, God, help. Let me close with verse 7. Listen to this, and it says, after they've done all these things, after they've laid hands on them, after they've put all the work to put these people in place. Look what it says in verse seven. It says, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Let me hear you. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. It's good when somebody gives their heart to Jesus. It's good when the bell rings. It's good when somebody pours out their their needs and they don't know what to do when we get an opportunity to pray for them. That's exactly what was going on in this moment. And the word of God continued to increase. We want at the vineyard for his presence to continue to increase. We want our mission to continue to increase. We want that God sends us people to continue to increase. But in order to do that, the church has to grow in its ability to serve. And you get to play an incredible role with that.